Welcome to the seventh episode of Chelsea Against the World, the podcast that brings together an American and an Englishman to discuss all things Chelsea Football Club. I'm your host, Manny. Hello, everybody. I'm your co-host, Simon. Manny, how are things? Well, I think we recorded an episode a couple weeks ago, and it was labeled Rock Bottom. If that was Rock Bottom, where are we at right now? I guess the abyss? <laughs> I think the abyss is being a bit generous. <laughs> That's right. I don't think I've ever felt this low before. Yeah, we are uh, recording live, or not live, we're recording You know, hours after the game today, Chelsea going to North London against Arsenal. You know, we had we had a discussion on our Slack channel before the game, and our fearless leader of the MCV group here, Music City Blues group here, Matthew, was very optimistic and saying Chelsea will show up because they show up for big games. And I kind of was taken aback. I was like, I, I don't, just don't know which big games we've showed up for this year outside of maybe Dortmund and maybe Madrid, the second leg. But uh, you chimed in and said Leicester, <laughs> Leicester City and Leeds. Those were the big games this season. <laughs> now, right. we're, in hindsight, they were. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But I, we had very low expectations going into this game. And, and I think just the total sum of the game – we we just saw a team that was just out of i, I mean there's i think we're we're out of adjectives yeah i i've been trying to gather my thoughts from watching the game earlier and as you mentioned every time that i think that it can't get any worse this season this team finds new ways in making me feel even worse about the current state of Chelsea Football Club. So for anyone who didn't see the result today, if you've been living in a cave, Arsenal 3, Chelsea 1 at the Emirates Stadium earlier. Three first-half goals from Arsenal and a goal. We scored a goal. We scored a goal from Noni Madueke, who actually did play quite well. He's easily our best player. And he performed well and he took his goal well. The three goals that Arsenal scored were quite frankly the, some of the worst defending I've ever seen um, which hopes back to what our original th- uh, thought was Lampard so what are your initial thoughts on the game Manny? Yeah I think before the game we were discussing maybe what we thought should be our starting lineups and I really thought we should have played a back three I had you know had the idea maybe Badia Shield, Silva, Fofana back three wing backs of Chilwell and Chiloba midfield of Conte and Enzo in a front three of um, Aubameyang, Mudrik, and Felix. Uh, but then I remarked, knowing that I think we should play a back three, Frank will probably go for a back four. And I think you commented earlier, I think we had the formations mixed up. From the Brentford game. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, this is this is an Arsenal side, you know, outside of last week's game, against, or this past game against City, this is an Arsenal side that's been informed the whole season, right? And they're they're on the attack. They're playing so well out from the back. They're passing well through their midfields. They're channeling in their wingers, and they're scoring goals. And this is a game where you have to play a back three, that Josie style of game. It's going to be hard to play out the back, and we saw exactly that. And and when I saw Dave, look, I love Dave. I love Says Dave. Says well, Quetta yeah. for people who don't know his nickname. I love Dave, but when I saw him starting at the right fullback position, I knew that they were going to attack that side with Trossard, and that's exactly what they did. Trossard coming down the wing and then just gunning it into Odegaard in the middle. And that, I mean, they scored two goals off of that. And shocking, shocking defensive performance from midfielders. Um, I think Kovacic had a really bad game in the, in the first half. Um, I think that um, the second goal, Sterling was there. He could have, you know, put some pressure on Odegaard. 
Um, if we had played in the back three, maybe one of our center backs would have had the luxury to sort of kind of get up into the midfield and, and close out those passing channels. Uh, but it just it was just from top to bottom a disaster from the coaching from the players on the pitch. I think Madueke had a great game. I think Mudrik, when he when he came in for the few minutes that he played, you know wh- why is he not starting? Why is Mudrik not starting? What I am just a little bit amazed about was just how easy we made it for them. Um, it was really really easy for Arsenal to penetrate through our midfield and defence. And score. I think they actually scored three goals off one expected goal, and it was two. Okay, and I, I was astounded how poor our midfield was. We literally couldn't pull the pass the ball to each other. I've never seen anything like it. The whole thing was just overwhelming for me. To be honest, it was really, really overwhelming. The lineup, as we mentioned, I, I can't make up my mind if it's naivety, ignorance, or just absolute incompetence I think it's one of the three maybe a mixture of all three in terms of the managerial decision to play that Arsenal have not been great recently but they've been scoring goals and they are very good in attack and we were just completely open for them completely open we couldn't shield any of our weak spots we were completely outnumbered in defense the midfield was atrocious Kovacic I do not know what has happened to him Enzo, I think, is a victim of what's going on around him. Kante has been out for six months. You can hardly put the whole thing on him. And just everything around it was just... Oh, I felt sick. The whole game made me feel really sick. I've had moments this season where I've been incredibly angry. It doesn't come close to when you perform like that against Arsenal, who are my most hated team. I can't stand them. And they just wiped the floor with us from minute one. And I'm just so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed to be a Chelsea supporter right now. I feel completely... I'm done. I'm really done. Like, this season has absolutely killed me. It's absolutely killed me. And just when I think it can't get any worse, the only saving grace today was that it was 3-1. It could have been 8 or 9 Genuinely, it could have been eight or nine, and they took their foot off the gas in the second half, and that's why we looked better. It wasn't because we played better. It's because they didn't try, which is humiliating. You know, when you're seeing the the chance Chelsea getting battered everywhere they go, and not even in the first 15, 20, 30 minutes of the game, that's never a good sign. And in successive goals after the 30th minute, I thought I thought it was going to be a 6-0, 7-0 potentially, you know, a sort of vindictive game when we banged a, uh, with Wenger's, <laughs> Wenger's uh, was it his, when we beat them? 6-0. 6-0, six nil. Six nil, so maybe it was some yeah. sort of a vindictive uh, Arsenal showing. But um, I think you're completely right. I think Arteta was like, hey, guys, you know, maybe we want Frank to stick around <laughs> next year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's, let's maybe, uh, maybe not, not, not do, not do Frank dirty. Maybe just, let, you know, 3-0, 4-0. Um, you know, the goal that Madueke scored, I thought was a, you know, brilliant, brilliant goal. And I think that was like coach is just one good pass that he had into uh, Madueke and, and, and putting that away. But, um, you know, Gabriel was hurt in the second half. And I think John mentioned something earlier that, you know, why didn't we just keep attacking him? You know, he looked like he was looking Because that around. would have some semblance of a game plan. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's giving our management far too much credit that they have the ability to think like that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like to say 
because you know you you always want to be like, well, we were right about Lampard's um, deci- the, the hiring of it. when they hired Frank Lampard. We were right that we thought it was going to be a disaster, and it's been a disaster. Six losses in a row. Um, next next week, we you know we 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 maybe our best game to maybe get a point. <laughs> I have no idea, but I think the game plan not making subs when the subs should have happened. I think starting Aspilicueta on the right fullback to me was just a bad decision, especially when you have, to, you know, you have Trevor Chalaba or Ruben Loftus-Cheek on the bench. You know, maybe they should be playing over him, especially when you see how fast Arsenal's wingers are, Trossard on that side. Um, to me, that was a shocking, shocking decision. I know you probably want him in for his leadership, but if you want him in, then put him in a right center back position. I don't think he's a leader. Back three. I genuinely don't think this is a le- he's a leader. Which we'll talk about leadership a little bit later on in the episode. But yeah, I, I don't think he has those leadership. Maybe experience. Qualities. I just don't, I don't I don't know. I, I I was just very very confused about about that. And then you know Obama Yang, how many touches did he have outside of the kickoff? I think it was five. Yeah, I know, it, it was, was just it was. That, I mean that was terrible. It was just it was awful from start to finish maybe two three players actually showed some grit but that's the other question like I just saw you know there was no passion no grit from our players even when we're down one or two goals and that's that's a capitulation factor that we've seen of Chelsea the last couple of years that when we go down we don't have that fight we don't have that belief that we can come back and win the game you know this is not Chelsea of yesteryear this is a new mindset that's just toxic in our club I, I agree and I think what I find even more astounding is that there was one reason to bring Lampard. The, the one reason that the ownership brought in Lampard was for vibes and to try and get some kind of mental reaction out of our players and supporters. This is Arsenal we are playing against, who are fighting for the title. We had a real opportunity to put one on them today in the way that we put one on Tottenham when we had a shit season. And... We didn't even look half interested. And I think to myself, you are a Chelsea legend, arguably our greatest ever player, Lampard. If you can't get these players up for this game, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? I just, I, the whole thing makes me so angry. I am so, so fucking angry. It's unbelievable. And just, I know it's taken some of our supporters longer than others to get where we are mentally me and you I think have tried to think rationally about this both of us love Frank Lampard for what he's done with our history but oh my goodness we have been completely right on this call and it doesn't take a genius to work it out he is a terrible manager he should not be anywhere near a football club who have aspirations to even be anywhere near the Premier League. And we have to thank Thomas Tuchel and, in hindsight, Graham Potter for keeping us up. Because if we didn't have those points on the board now, I think it's a statistical high... I think it's almost an impossibility that we're going to go down. But if we didn't have a couple of those wins against Leeds and Leicester, we would be prime candidates for relegation. Usually when you bring in a manager after a sacking, you would see some semblance of tactical changes, some semblance of, you know, reaction, maybe getting more out of some of the players that have not been playing. That's what Tuchel did when he came in, you know, a couple of years ago. You saw Rudiger being introduced back into the game. You saw Jorginho getting more minutes. This has been a complete failure. You've seen players regress. Players just have no more passion, no more energy. Kovacic, 
I, this has to be the worst season I've seen Kovacic play, and he's he's one, he's actually one of my favorite favorite Chelsea players, and I want to see him stay for next year. I don't know if his mind's not in it. I don't know if he's. I don't know if the World Cup. I mean, he played a lot of minutes in the World Cup. I don't know if that kind of hampered his, um, you know, his ability to sort of maintain the level of composure in the midfield that he's had in the past. But I, he was playing better under Potter those last few games. He was. Yeah. Um, I think we've reached the point now. I was having a real thought about this. Uh, a, few, a couple of hours ago my initial thought before the Arsenal game was to I think we need to blood the young kids now and just get them out there and just what 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 could be harmful about it I think I've changed my mind about it actually we've got such an incompetent manager in charge that I want to protect our young players from the poison that is the, our first team currently really I do I do I'm very scared about the detrimental effect this is going to have on our squad and our club, more importantly. I think from an English perspective, this is might be slightly different to American culture from what I've seen in terms of sports. Writing off a season is, is something that I can't comprehend. <laughs> I can't comprehend. And I think from the sports leagues in America where you, there's no real... Uh, consequence of coming last in fact it's actually incentivized in a lot of support in teams for better draft picks right yeah for me i can't get my head around writing off games to me it's important no matter when you're playing against who you're playing in the premier league because either you're building for next year or you're fighting for something and i've i've had real trouble communicating in terms of like some people's reactions they're being like oh I just want this season to be done of course I want this season to be done as well but there's things to fight for there's real implications for Chelsea's future right now which I'm terrified about what what are your fears for the future for Chelsea now I think my biggest fear is will Pochettino still want to come to this mess to to this to this you know burning trash can of a mess that we're seeing in our squad and, and even in our front office What's the incentive for him to come? I mean, I know he wants to come back in the Premier League. He'll have a, a lot of players to choose from, to, you know, to start a game. But, you know, the, the, these last six games with Frank, I mean, it's it's been disastrous. And it's also, you know, a horrible advertisement for any coach that wants to come in. Or players. Or players that want to come in into this sort of process or into this into this, um, into this team. And I'm, I'm very concerned – like I want, pot, you know, you convince me. I'm all full, 100 percent, full Woo! throttle. You know, I'm on the I'm on the Poch I'm bus. To someone. That's right. I'm on the Poch <laughs> bus. I rewatched some of the games against Chelsea, and I thought, you know, I, I do like his tactical, and he, he he has some flexibility as well. He's played a couple games against us where he played a back three instead of a back four. So there's that tactical flexibility that I think I was missing in in that Poch hire. So I'm all in for Poch. I think, I mean. I think he has to come. We need we need him at all cost, and and I think it's going to help him in the negotiation standpoint, knowing that how bad Chelsea are, he's going to want his own backroom staff. He maybe wants to bring in his own scouts, and I think he should be give able him what to. he wants exactly. Give him what he wants. And going back to your other point, I think that there is a sort of discrepancy in the culture of sports between you know your perspective in England and then here in, in the U.S. I think. Tanking is is an adjective that we use a lot in, in sports. It's for better draft picks. It's for better uh, picks in NBA, even in hockey and NFL, NFL as, well, as well. Because, yeah. uh, you know, to our English um, listeners out there, the worse you are, the better chances you have in selecting a player in, in what we call the draft. Young people come through college and they're eligible to play for the the National Football League or the, you know, the NHL or the 
or the baseball league. And if you're crappy, you have a higher chance of getting the next Jordan or the next Pippen or the next Ronaldo, you know, being worse you are. And so there is this mentality in American sports where we sort of, well, we just can write off the season. We can just tank. It's okay. But that's not for me. And, 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 and you and I sort of agree on this, right? I I kind of see differently from that American perspective. I think with the remaining games that we have, there's still a lot to play for. And when I say that, I think that, I may disagree with you. I think we have to play some of these young guys because I want them to develop this partnership. I want to see a front three from here on out of Mudrik, Madueke, Fofana. I want to see them being able to create a partnership, create this sort of passing between and, and getting them in the box and maybe scoring some goals. Because I think that's that's crucial, not just for the preseason, but for next year, especially with Nkuku coming in. You know, Those are going to be our attacking you know, main attackers. And I think... That that thing for me, there's still a lot to play for. Yeah, you know, looking at the schedule, Bournemouth, you know, we have it's a massive game. Forest, we have, you know, you texted <laughs> me. You texted me. Simon texted me this morning, <laughs> and said he's he's never been more dreadful of a game than the game that we played today. I said, mate, we have City coming up on May 21st. <laughs> what is your dread level going to be before that game? Uh, hopefully it's what the third, the, 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 one of the last three games left. Maybe City will have the championship by then. I don't think so. Not with Arsenal winning today. So they still have a lot to play for. I, I'm very fearful of that game. The whole thing is really, really scary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is, I think going back to your point about the young players and blooding them, I think on principle, I agree. I do on principle, I agree. But I just, we have such a bad manager that I'm scared that he's going to infect our players with just terrible, terrible habits, terrible communication. That is the one thing that I see from the team is today that the second goal where Sterling just left Odegaard. In my mind, I have like I never played football to a very high standard. I did not. But I know that the principle of defending is communicating, like a real good communication at the back. And there was just nothing in terms of trying to tell each other who, where the men were, where the spaces were, who's in behind. And it looks like, it really looks like Thiago Silva's just like absolutely done with it. And I would be as well. Like he was playing really well under Potter and I think he could see that there was like working towards something. This is just such a mess. He's thinking, what am I doing here? Like this why am I putting this effort in for players and a manager who've just got no connectivity? And uh, it's just so bad. Everything about it is just miserable to watch. And I'm scared. I think you're starting to see that now with players. I think Havertz just had an interview with the German newspaper and talked about how the sacking of Tuchel really brought down, you know, the vibes in, in the dressing room because he kind of brought that team together and you know, brought out the best of our defense when he, you know, when he was hired a few years ago. And I think that was his relationship with Thiago Silva. That was like the best we've been. You know, that them two played together at PSG. Coach, you know, Coach Tuchel and Thiago, and just seeing how dejected he looks and how apathetic he looked back there, it's just it's 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 hurtful because yeah. you know this guy has, you know, he's been one of our best Chelsea players the last three years, arguably one of the best center backs in the league at his age. Yeah. And just seeing him just so dejected and just like hurt back there and just like, what, what do I do? What can I do with these players? And that starts with management. Like he's lost it. He's this, you know, Lampard always had that, you know, mindset of being a player's coach, but it's not showing 
in, in, in this team. And, and there's a big disconnect between our senior players or players with experience and the manager. And, and I just, I, I, I'm running out of things to say, Simon. Yeah. I just don't know what to say anymore. I've been trying to take a more wholesome view on it in terms of where these problems have come from and what we've done to exacerbate them. And this may be a whole idea for another pod about how we can fix some of these things. I think some of these problems go back to pre-Bowley and the takeover. I think we mentioned talking about how we've got a, a, a group of players who just seem disinterested and have levels of drops so so far that it's just painful to watch and we can't shift them. If you look at players, and I'm not singling them out personally, I think I need to put that in as a precursor. Players like Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who was an exciting prospect. I really, I was devastated how Loftus-Cheek's career has turned out because right at the start, he was sensational. He's on £150,000 a week. I mean, he's not nearly good enough for that kind of money. He's not. And why would he move to another team if he's going to earn that much money at Chelsea? Um, players like Hakim Ziyech, again, Lampard brought him on today. He does not want to be at Chelsea. Why is he playing? Why is he in the squad? I do not understand it. Aubameyang, he, he clearly does not like Chelsea. And fair play to him. Like He's been treated like dirt. Don't play him. Do not play him. And don't try this formation. Uh, yeah, I mean, that goes on to another point. But those contracts are a mess. And they've filtered through to how the club has been under Bowley as well. The management from our new owners is just the worst fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm telling you how this is viewed back in England right now. We're a fucking circus. We're a circus and everyone is deservedly laughing at us. The Lampard appointment in particular just shines a light on it. Just the lack of thought. Whoever made that decision deserves to be fired right now. James Corden, right? James yeah. Corden. <laughs> Shoot him to the sun anyway. Shoot he, him to the sun. We need to send him back to England. <laughs> oh, he's coming back now, I think. Yeah, I yes. think he has. Show's finished. Um, if that was Bowley and Egbali who made that decision, I'm very worried for the future. I've got no confidence that anything that they will do is the right decision. And if I'm Pochettino... Right now, I'm milking them for every single thing I can get. I want uh, sign-off on transfers. I want my entire entire staff and scouting network in. I want you nowhere near the first team or the dressing room. This is mine. Give me a five-year contract and you can't sack me for the first three years. That's what, what I would write in if I was Pochettino. And I think the players who we are targeting will start to put in those things as well. Because they see how bad it is. And this is the whole thing. Going back to the original point about the implications of what's happening right now. Those kind of decisions are going to be very, very difficult moving forward. And any kind of power that we have had as a big global force is going to disappear very, very quickly. If it's not gone already. Simon, where do we go from here? I feel like that's been a common theme. Well, that was name of name of the podcast, was it? <laughs> where do we go from here? Uh, we've got Bournemouth on Saturday yeah. away. That's you, not going to be easy. Are you going to be at the pub? 
I'm going to be at Tailgate Music, yeah, right? I'll be there as well. It'll be uh first time I can get back. I think I'll be coming straight from work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a, send you straight to sleep. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. Looking, I will looking, be there. looking at our fixture list, we have uh, Bournemouth, we have Nottingham Forest, we have Man City, Man U, and Newcastle. Those last three games are going to be a Ooh. disaster. Um, maybe we can salvage one to three points between Bournemouth and Forest. That's asking a lot. Two. Maybe I'll take two. one actually. Yeah. I'll take one point. Uh, I think Forest, is, Forest and Bournemouth are both fighting relegation. I think Bournemouth's done really well. They've sort of kind of created a little bit of gap between the bottom three. Um, we're going to lose that game as well. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't. I think the only the only point that I can see coming is against Forest. Yeah. Um, I think that most Chelsea fans. I, I don't. You know, there's there's a disconnect in terms of tanking the season. I think most Chelsea fans are just waiting for the season to end, and I think we talked about in the last pod that first month is going to be crucial we need a manager we need we need a manager first and foremost and we need to get rid of a lot of this weight going back to your loftus cheek comment i think he had so he looked so well under sorry right that was like the best loftus cheek that we saw then he got his achilles injured in that game in boston which i don't even know why we played that game it's like yeah, in the yeah. middle of the season before the europa league yeah final, before the europa league final it was just a mess of of, of scheduling and he's never gotten back from that injury. And I think every manager since then has sort of tried him in different roles. I think he was played as a winger one 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 game. Um, he's played in the midfield, obviously, is a natural position. Now he's played at fullback and wingback positions. I think he's going to be a hard person, you know, to sort of let go. Uh, I don't know if any team would want to, you know, consume those wages. I think Ziyech is gone. I think – I mean, where was Pulisic? He wasn't even on the bench today. I, you know, I – he would have been a good person to bring into the game at some point today, I think. Um, he kind of reminds me of a Madueka where we can attack some of the players and, and create some opportunities, especially against uh, a back line of Arsenal that, you know, they've lost a co- couple players in their centre-back position. I was surprised that he wasn't even on the bench. Uh, I don't know if they said if he had a nick in practice or anything who like knows, that. Who knows? One of the 500 players we've got in the squad, yeah, so um, someone's got to lose out, right? Yeah, I think Aubameyang's obviously gone. Um well, do you think that Pochettino, if he gets hired, will will flirt with maybe bringing back Lukaku if we can't sign a striker? I think he won't. Uh, I don't think we've got too many options. I, I genuinely don't, and I'm prepared to give Lukaku a chance. I think, obviously, there was a lot of bad blood with him and our fan base, given what happened last year. But I think that problem does lie with his relationship with Tuchel, and I feel that we might not have any other options and Lukaku might not have any other options himself because he's on such a high contract. If we're going back to the Amravitz conversation, he's on 300000 a week into in real dire financial straits. So they won't be able to afford that unless he's willing to take a massive pay cut. Maybe a swap deal for Harry Kane <laughs> and Spurgeon to Bully always, always exploring his swap deals, his <laughs> trades with a draft pick, future considerations. You know what? If Conte was still there, I think he might actually think about it because Lukaku excelled under Conte, yeah. but we don't. Spurs, I, I don't know who their manager is going to be. I think Kane is a pipe dream. They're not going to send him to us. Um, it's not going to happen. I think. Yeah, I think he would bring Lukaku back, and I think we have to give him a try. I think we have to, his goal record wasn't that bad for us when he did play. It was more this stuff outside of that, and we don't. We, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. I think um, Kai Havertz, another player that has a volatile relationship with the fan base. People either love him or hate him. I don't know if he wants to stay. Uh, you know, he's doing interviews now. I, um, 
it's just it's it's a it's been a tough season for Chelsea in general. It's been a tough season for the players. It's been a very tough season for us fans. Um, and I think that with five games left, getting two points would be to me success, which is horrible. Like our expectations have been so lowered this season, and I think that looking back at this 2022-2023 season, it's going to be such a dark point in the history of Chelsea, especially the appointment of Lampard coming in as a caretaker. Um, love him as a player. I just don't don't know where he, he goes from here. I don't I don't know. If I don't care. Club, yeah, well, it's tarnishing his legacy. He needs to, to go to the championship. Just you know, go go back and coach Derby again or somebody in the championship. Maybe coach uh, Everton as they get relegated in the championship. <laughs> you know, go back for take. Maybe he can go back and have unfinished business at Everton, right? Do you know what? It's really interesting you raise that point about what happens to Lampard next because I think I alluded to it in the last pod. I have always had that kind of, oh, there's players that I really like and I want the best for them. I don't care about the majority of the people that are affiliated with Chelsea at the moment. I care about our academy products who still have potential. So if you're looking at Reese James, Mason Mount, Levi Colwell, uh, amongst others, not Loftus-Cheek because he's in like late 20s now. I'd sell the rest of them. I really would. The only one, maybe the only exceptions, maybe Enzo, Madueke, Madrid. I, I couldn't. I don't give a shit. I yeah. do not care. I think at this point, I'd burn the whole thing down. I'd burn it down to start again because I think it's it's so bad. These players have done nothing to earn my respect. This is this is where I disagree with you because if you burn it down. You have the same people in position, the same owners that are going to be trying to build it up. And we've seen how they were. Just play the academy products. You know, I, 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 I don't know if you can, quote unquote, burn it down. I do think that there's going to be a large clearing out. I think that with the right manager and the right scouts and the right approach, I think um, there's nowhere to go than up, right? I think. <laughs> or, or down to the championship. <laughs> uh, that was like that. It's one thing that we've been taking yeah, for granted that, for a long, long was, time. If you if you were here, Simon just had this sort of Larry David <laughs> Kirby <laughs> enthusiasm moment, like, <laughs> well, well, <laughs> really. I mean, I don't think anything's off the table. Thank you so much, everyone, for for listening to our latest episode of the Chelsea Against the World podcast. We do have some more positive news related to the podcast coming uh, very soon, hopefully. we Just to give you a little bit of a teaser, we are both going to the Chelsea versus Wrexham preseason friendly in July in North Carolina. And we have a couple of things in the works. Um, so if you are listening to the podcast and you're going to be at that game, stay tuned. Again, thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast we appreciate you guys taking the time and downloading, listening, laughing, bantering with us as we go through this whole process with our podcast. Again, please follow us on all of our socials, Twitter, Instagram, C-A-T-W podcast. That's C-A-T-W podcast. And email us if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or dirty pics at <laughs> podcast, C-A-T-W at gmail.com. That's podcast, C-A-T-W at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. And I would say keep the faith, but my faith is gone. Come on, Chelsea. Let's not lose to Bournemouth, please.